praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalm 139. We're going to be reading verses 13 through 16. Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16. When you got it, say so. And what the Lord says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. Father, we honor you this morning, and we thank you for your presence, Lord God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your touch. And Lord, we just surrender our hearts before you today. Lord God, acknowledging that we need you more than the very air that we breathe, Lord God. More than the food that we eat, Lord, we need you. And Lord God, we don't just need you conceptually, but Lord God, we need you in our lives in a tangible way. And Father, today, Lord, we acknowledge that you have created us, Lord God, with a purpose, with a plan, with a desired end, Father God. And Lord, I ask you that in these next few weeks, Lord God, as we will share in your word, Father, this bread of life, dear God, I pray that our lives would be changed. Father, that our concepts would be challenged and that you, Lord God, would lead us to become the fullness of what you want. Father, I thank you for every one of my brothers and sisters that is in this place today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us from the throne room of grace and part unto us life that we may live it before this world and that they may see you through us father we honor you and we praise you for this all in jesus mighty name someone said you may be seated in the presence of the lord praise the name of jesus glory to god the book of psalms is a familiar book to many people but this particular psalm psalm 139 especially in this particular area, is where the psalmist is communicating about his revelation of what God did in making him. His understanding of what God did while he was not obviously thinking about God because the scripture says when he was yet without form, look at verse 16, it says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And so isn't it awesome that we serve a God who sees us before anyone else can see us? Who, 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 who sees us before anyone even knows about us, before anybody thought of a name, before mommy and daddy were sitting down looking through a name book, glory to God, before they were thinking about, well, when I have my first child, I'm going to name him after grandpa, whatever, before any of that, God saw you. God saw you. He, 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 was, he was intimately familiar with you, and it's encouraging for us to realize these things. And this morning, I want to begin a new series. I, I dealt with the, um, the issues of faith for a few weeks, and, and, and now I want to talk to you about something, a, a series that I've entitled Body Work. Because I believe that it is important that we as a body are working and operating according to God's design. Amen? When you go to your doctor, your doctor will communicate to you, praise the name of the Lord, that you should not do certain things, you should not eat certain things, you should eat certain things, and he will explain all of this wonderful stuff to you, and he, what he's doing is, he is trying to get your body to function the way that it was supposed to function from the beginning, and it is the same thing when you come into the house of the Lord, when you are listening to godly counsel, it is God speaking to you, speaking to me, and letting us know, my 
my body is supposed to function a certain way. I created my body. I called my body out of darkness with a purpose, say purpose. And if the body is going to function according to that purpose, then we need to get into alignment. Amen. The title of the message this morning is divine design equals essential existence. Divine design equals essential existence. And so the scriptures have already dealt with the fact that we are made by divine design. Amen. We, 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 we know that God was intimately involved with everything that happened to you when you were up in the womb and no one else knew what you was going to look like before they had a sonogram, glory to God. He had a panoramic view of your entire life. Amen. And so we realize a few things here. And, and, and it is that, first of all, each of us was specifically, purposefully, and divinely designed with precision planning and forethought. Amen. Each of us, we were, we're not here, I, I, I need you to understand this, that you are not here just by coincidence. Mm-hmm. I, know, I, I know some people want to believe that they came from apes. I'm here to let you know that's not true. Amen. Glory to God. I, I, I know some folks want to believe that, which when, you know, when you believe that kind of stuff, you know, you're just part of this, you know, coincidence that happened. God ain't saying nothing. You, that, that, that's what you are literally believing. You're just part of some big coincidence. There's really no purpose for you to be here. You're just here going through. All, you know, have, have, you ever, have you ever sat back and thought, man, this is a messed up coincidence to be part of? Hello. If it's that way, this is a messed up coincidence because you get heartbroken. Glory to God. You go through all kind of difficulty, all kind of trial. That's a horrible coincidence to be part of. But I'm here to let you know that you're not here by coincidence. Hello? You are here by divine design. God designed you with a purpose and with a plan. There was forethought. As I was sitting down and I was meditating on this, God literally took time out of eternity and invested it or spent it on you and me. Literally, he, he took time out of eternity and he said, okay, time come here. And this time his name Jason Quinones. Glory to God. And he's working some stuff out, and he's dealing, and, and, and he wants us to understand that. This is, this is important because, you know, we got a lot of people that, you know, we walk around as though, you know, we're just coincidental beings. Even in the church. You don't have to believe in the Big Bang Theory. There are some people in the church that believe that they, they, they you know, let, let me say it like this. They will never tell you they believe they're coincidental beings. They will tell you they're people of purpose. They will tell you they're people of promise, but they don't live like that. Did you hear what I just said? Folks will say, yes, I'm created with purpose. I'm created and, and, and I have, a, you know, a, a divine appointment with, with specific things. But they don't live like that. They live as though their life is just coincidental. And I believe, and I, and I, and I, and I don't doubt this, but God wants to break us free from that mindset and those behaviors. Amen? You see, the wonder of God is that when, when you look at this scripture here, you find in verse 16, he goes down in the second part, and he says, And in your book they are all written, all the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. There was no day that had come. Your days had not started. You had not begun walking on this earth. And all of these things in the mind and in the heart of God, guess what? They were already laid out. He already knew exactly what you were going to do. Did you hear what I just said? He, he knew wherever you are right now, li, 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 listen to this, church. Wherever you are right now, he knew you were going to be there. Whatever you are going through right now, he knew you were going to be going through that. Whatever you're battling with, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're being victorious in, what he knew that you were going to be right where you are before any of your days began. He knew what was going to go on, and he is with you, wanting you what? To experience his fullness and experience his blessing. See, the beauty of God, the wonder of God, is that he is able to accomplish such greatness through what you and I would call unlikely or unseemly. That is the wonder of God, is that God will take a nobody, high school dropout, gangbanger, drug addict, everybody thought he was on the highway to hell, hello somebody, and he will pull him out of that darkness, out of that mess, and he will make him a preacher of the glorious gospel. See, that is what, see, unlikely, unseemly, And don't worry, because God doesn't only deal with unlikely and unseemly. He deals with the seemly as well. Glory to God. 
Look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he wasn't no gangbanger, drug addict, nothing like that. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and yet he was still unlikely and unseemly because he was what? A persecutor of the church. Therefore, he went ahead, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to take this guy out, and he is the one that hates the church. I'm going to make him the greatest advocate for the church. Unlikely and unseemly. See a brother like Lee Strobel, atheist. He has issues with God. And what does God do? He was unlikely and unseemly. He was on a mission to disprove the Bible, to disprove God. And you know what he's writing now? The case for the creator, the case for Christ. Unlikely and unseemly. See, so God takes what is unlikely and unseemly, and he will do what he purposes. Glory to God. He will, he will orchestrate stuff in your life. But you know what? Here's the thing, though, church. See, each of us, this, this, is the amaz- this, this is what amazes me even more, is that all of that, he's got all of this stuff formed out, and he understands all of the things that we're going to do. And you know what he does in all of this? He gives us a say-so. He gives us a choice in the matter. Here's your choice. You can accept my plan, or you can rebel against it. You can accept my will, or you can rebel against it. Now, I want you to just think about this for a moment. How many of y'all want to be blessed financially? Mm-hmm. All right, only got a couple people want to be blessed. All right, I was going to bless you, but you know, since only a couple of y'all want to be blessed, see me after service. We're going to bless you, glory to God. Bless you real good because only a couple of you announced it. You know, there's going to be some real blessing, glory to his name. Anyway, I'm sure everybody in here wants to be blessed financially. I know you just thought it was a setup and I was going to come at you from some other angle, but listen, there's no setup. We all want to be blessed financially, right? So if somebody were to come to you and say to you, listen, I have this business plan. Now listen to me. I have this business plan. And in this business plan is a way for you to be financially free. Is a way for you to be set for the rest of your life. You're going to leave an inheritance for your children's 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 children. You're going to make so much money. Now, 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 now listen, now the story's going to get better. Glory to God. And he says, and... There's real people who have already done this process, and this has worked for them 100%. Here's the beauty. The beauty is, I'm going to let you know up front, that to go this route in this business venture, there are going to be some obstacles you're going to face. There are going to be some costs that you are going to have to deal with. But I want to let you know, because I believe so much in this business plan that I'm presenting to you, first of all, I'm going to pay your initiation fee. You, 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 you're not going to have to get no business loan to do this, glory to God. You're not going to have to dip into your present retirement in order to open this business. You don't have to give some upfront free that is only going to be like this for 20 days or none of that stuff, no. I, I, I'm going to pay that initiative. And then every time that my business plan leads you into a difficult situation that requires more money, no matter how much money you have, all you got to do is call me up and I'm going to pay the, the debt, whatever it is. Glory to God. Somebody should have been like, Lord, just release that right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Who, who, who want to be part of that? Would anybody be, all of us would be like, well, what's the catch? Right? We'll be, we'll be like, he, he showed, look, look, the person done showed you everything. And you know what? To me, I, I would think as, as, as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, man, you know, I would love to be in that type of situation, right? So common sense would say to me, Man, this guy is successful. This guy is making these things. And you know what? He's making a Christian. I ain't got to, I ain't got to, look, I don't have to put my credit nowhere. I don't got to touch my bank. All I got to do is, this is all he said, follow the business plan to the T. That's the only catch. The only catch is you have got to stick with the plan that I'm giving you. Would it make any kind of sense to walk away from something like that? None. It would make no sense to walk away from something like that. And can I tell you something? People do that all the time to Jesus Christ. What are you talking about, Bishop? What I'm talking about is he has given us this wonderful business plan of life. He has given us the keys to success. And you know what he's done? He went ahead and he paid the price to ensure that you could go ahead and take advantage of it. Did you hear what I just said? This this is what our Jesus did. My Jesus. Glory to God. I don't know about your Jesus. I know my Jesus. Hallelujah. And what my Jesus did was he went ahead and he said, these are the plans to life. 
These are the plans to you being blessed. These are the plans to you fulfilling purpose. These are the plans in order to ensure that you don't go through anything that is unnecessary. These are the plans that guarantee you success in everything. And what he did was he went ahead and he paid your initiation fee. What are you talking about? I am talking about the cross. Glory to God. That was yours and my initiation fee because we cannot have 100% full and total access to the purposes and plans of God without somebody to be a mediator. So what he does is he says, listen, he says, if you will go on ahead and you will take my initiation fee, you will accept this life plan, I promise you, you are going to be blessed in everything. Did you hear what I said? I know nobody got excited, but it's okay. I'm excited like Pastor Aldo. I'm going to just be excited all by myself. Listen, when I talk about blessed church, I'm not just talking about houses. I'm not just talking about cars. I'm not just talking about bank accounts. I'm not just talking about money. Thing. I'm not, that, that's not what I'm talking about. Because there's plenty of people that got all of that and they ain't blessed. There's plenty of people that got all of that stuff and they're committing suicide. Hello. There's plenty of people that got all of that stuff and they're still trying to find a thing that's going to fill their emptiness because that emptiness that is in them is God and God Almighty is the only one who can fill it. And so whether you are rich or whether you are broke, you are still in need of God to do what? To fill that void in your life and to be the center of your life in order for you to truly understand what it means to be blessed. This is what our God offers us. He offers us the ability to truly be blessed to truly walk in the fullness of his will and so to most people to some people it would seem ignorant it would seem unwise it would seem plain stupid Mm -hmm. i said that to forego or to give up such goodness and security to try to make it on your own ability using your own methods following your own plans but you know what people do all the time, church? As they go on ahead and they say, yeah, I love God. Uh-huh, you love God. Jesus said, well, you say you love me. Why don't you listen to what I'm saying? Hello, somebody. I know, I know you didn't want to hear that either, but it's okay. <sighs> it's what Jesus said, right? You say, you say you love me. Why do you not obey what I teach? What we try to do is we try to depend on our own ability, our own wisdom. And God says, listen, before any day was there, (laughs) all of them, I had everything written out for you. I had a plan for you to follow. And all you got to do is get connected through my son. And guess what? Every different, now now, hear, hear what I'm about to say. Because some people, glory to God, they want God to pay all of their debt that they accrued that had nothing to do with walking with him. Now, 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 I want you to understand this. The sin debt that you owe, that's paid for on the cross. But there's some stuff we're going to have to go through. Say, we're going to have to go through some stuff. We're going to have to get through some stuff. But listen to me. The beauty of it is that if you walk according to his plan, you ain't got to keep on going through the same stuff over and over and over and over again. Amen, somebody. And so what you can do is you can go ahead and anything, anything that the scriptures lead you into, any kind of trouble, guess what? You can call upon God's word and he will do what, church? He will be faithful to accomplish his will in you. Now, I want to say this really quickly before I get into my first point here. But operating in step with God releases his fullness yet requires our trust. Operating in step with God releases his fullness, but it requires our trust. We have got to be willing to trust. Now, I'm not a, you know, me, when, when I was growing up, you know, we really, I wasn't, I wasn't into dancing and all that kind of stuff. But for some of you that were into dancing, and I'm not talking about that crazy dancing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about that real dancing, you know, the real partner dancing that took some choreography and all that kind of good stuff. You know, you, you, you need someone in those type of things when you're dancing with a partner. You need someone to take the lead. Amen. Because if nobody, if, if both of y'all trying to lead, it's going to be real ugly, stepping on toes, looking crazy. Amen, somebody. And so when you are in life, can, 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 I, can I just give this correlation? When you are in life, you're in a dance, baby. Hello. 
You, you, you are in a dance with the king of glory, and you are either letting him lead the dance or you trying to lead the dance. One of the two, trying to get him, come this way. He's saying, no, go this way. He's saying, I'm, you, he's stepping on your toes. You're stepping on his toes, dishonoring him. It's just looking ugly. Y'all ain't going to win. Look, 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 listen to me. When we, when we are walking throughout our lives, what we've got to realize is that we should be purposing to be in step with God. But the reality is when you're going to have a person that is going to lead in that dance, you know what you got to do? You got to trust them. Even though it may not feel right, even though it may not seem, see, some of y'all are like, uh-huh, I've been there, done that, glory to God. Even though, even though when, you know, when, when I was dancing, see, here's the thing, this is the thing. You know, you grew up, a lot, a lot of y'all grew up dancing with your daddy or your uncle or whoever, and they had a certain way that they did stuff, right? So you got used to that, you know, aunts, uncles, whatever. They can. And so you got used to that certain way. Well, someone else, different, different leader, does things a little different. And then what do you have to do? Well, well that ain't the way daddy did it. The Bible teaches us that before we came to Christ, we had a daddy. That daddy was the devil. And guess what, church? He led a totally different way than your heavenly father. It felt totally different when you were walking with him. When you were doing a waltz with him, hello, somebody. You, 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 you could just go whichever way you want to go. And he was like, I don't worry about it. Mm hmm it's okay, don't worry about it. You just do it however you want to do it. You want to go that? Let's go this way. You want to go that? Let's go this way. Wherever you want to go, he's going to let you do it. But when you enter into this dance with the king of glory, the king of glory says, hold on a second, hand here, step here. And when you try to move, no, no, you got to move this way. And it feels uncomfortable because you know what? You were so used to doing it a certain way. And here's the sad part, is that in the church today, there's a whole lot of foolishness and falseness that has entered in that has given us this false sense of security. Well, as long as I call myself a Christian, really doesn't matter what I believe. As long as, as, long as I got the one thing, you know, because Pastor Robert will let you know that this, this is what they believe. Huh. As long as I believe in Jesus, I'm good. But Bishop, isn't that what this is all about? Hold on a second, hold on a second. Everything in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus, yes. Everything that you see in the New Testament, Revelation, pointing to Jesus, yes, 100%. But, 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 but here's the thing. If you really believe in Jesus, your life is going to align with the teachings of Jesus. Did you hear me? See, because here's the problem, is that we are creating our own Jesus. Did you hear me? We're creating our own Jesus that is comfortable, that he, the, the Jesus that's cool with us. Did you hear what I said? The Jesus that is down with. The, now, now, now listen to me. This is why I got to say this. Because the Jesus that died on that cross is not down with your sin. Y'all ain't hearing me. The Jesus that shed his blood that was beaten brutally, that was beaten beyond recognition according to the scripture. That Jesus is not cool with us just leading the way. Hello. That Jesus paid a price for what? So that way we could experience his fullness. But here's the thing. You've got to make the decision. Are you going to follow the Jesus of the Bible? Or are you going to take the name Jesus and create your own Jesus? See, because in the church today, we got a whole lot of confusion surrounding that whole, you know, what's right, what's wrong. Listen to me, church. It's real simple. The Bible gives us 66 books to make it simple. Shows us clearly what is expected. Now, we have got to make the decision, are we going to let him lead or are we going to lead? Are we going to let him take the lead in the dance of life or are we going to go ahead and try to do it our way? And remember what I said, the title of the message, divine design equals essential existence. So what I want you to know, church, is that everybody that is sitting in here, every person that is sitting in this place is essential to the purpose of God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're essential. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, you are essential. You're essential. You're not here by coincidence, church. There's a purpose. Now, I want to take you to the New Testament because we understand here through these scriptures that you were formed with a purpose. 
that God literally wove you and covered you in your mother's womb and that, you know, and, 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 and so we have this understanding that naturally every person on planet earth, not some people, every person on planet earth is a person that is essential to the purposes and plans of God being fulfilled in the earth. But we have a choice in the matter. We can choose to accept them or we can choose to reject them. But if you turn your Bible with me to the book of First Peter, I want to show you about your essentialness. I don't know if that's a word, but if it's not, glory to God, you can add it somewhere. Hallelujah. <laughs> essentialness is a, is a word, Pastor. Hallelujah. That's inbounds. Glory to God. Essentialness. I like that. I like that. The book of 1 Peter chapter 2. When you got to say so, beginning reading in verse 4 to verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 5, and it says, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. This is speaking of Jesus, and the apostle Peter is telling them that they are to come to him, that they are to be part of him because he is a living stone. He was rejected by the people who put him on the cross, but by God he was chosen and he is precious. But he goes on to say, you also... As living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 9. And he goes on to say, he's reiterating this again, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And so he communicates to us, and, he's, and, and he puts us in a position where now we've got to take some responsibility. Now, remember, the theme of this whole series is body work. And, 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 and the reason why I want to talk about this and I want to bring this to the New Testament is because this isn't some, you know, just make you feel good about yourself. God loves you and, you know, it's all wonderful and you're just a person that's created with purpose and all that. that that's important for you to know and I want you to understand that. But I want you to know that you are a person who does not only have this purpose, but you have some responsibility that is connected with that purpose. Hello. And if you call yourself a child of God, you cannot just be um, coming to a church. You have got to be part of the church. Amen. See, there's a difference. See, and, and, and the reason why this message is, is, is coming forward is because, you know, we, we, we get upset with folks. And I, I'm going to tell you, you know, we get upset when, when, when people spectate, right? You, you ever heard that before? Worship ain't a spectator thing. You know, it's for participators. Amen? Okay. So, so, so we get upset with folks because sometimes we come to church and, we, and, and we, we, we sit there or stand there and we do what? We spectate. We watch the show instead of participating. Right? It's okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not setting y'all up. I'm just talking to you. Glory to God. It, it, it happens, right? Everybody's like, they don't know Bishop's going. Look, I'm not setting nobody up today. Today's not the set. Next week, I'm going to set y'all up a couple times. But this week, we're we just walking together through this. This foundational week, so there's no setups involved. Listen, we come and we have this spectator mindset. But now, but now, 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 I need you to work with me here because you got to think about this for a moment. Why do we have that mindset? Why is that? It's because of the way that we have run church for so many, 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 many years. I know, I know, I know y'all didn't want to hear that glory to God. But listen to me. Can, I'm, I'm going to ask you some, I'm, I'm asking some challenging questions. Do you think that the church, the synagogue, the temple where Jesus preached looked like this? Or looked anything like any of the churches that we're accustomed to going to? You think? 
Now listen to me. The way that churches were created, and see, this is just messing us all up, but it's all right. Glory to God. See, before this guy, there was a guy, his emperor Constantine, around 300 A.D., right? So the church has been a couple hundred years old now. There's all kind of war going on in that area of the world. I'm going to give you a little history lesson here. Glory to God. All kind of stuff going on. There was no Christian emperors. None. So the emperors weren't for the church. Why do you think that the apostles are continually saying, honor the king? Because even though he's not for you, even though he's not Christian, right, you still need to honor him. Amen? This is the reason why this stuff is written. But all of a sudden, this wonderful person by the name of Constantine comes into the picture. And he is what they call the first Christian emperor. So what is he? He is the savior to Christianity. Because now, for the first time, guess what? Government is going to be in alignment with Christianity. Government, you, you know what happened? Let me tell you what happened. Now, y'all got to stay with me here. Okay. What happened was, he was the first one. You know what he did? He was the first one. He didn't just say, churches, you need to build big temples. You know what he did? He took government money. Mm -hmm. Talk about separation of church and state. Wasn't no separation of church and state. Listen to me now. He took the government money. And did what? Build these glorious cathedrals. Why is this important? Because it helps us to understand where we are today. Because the point that I want to drive home in these series of messages, church, is that the show is not about us. Did you hear me? That's not just a song we sing. No. The show, it, it's, it's not you, you, you. Look at your name and say, neighbor. You are part of the show. Did you hear what I said? You are a part of the show. But here's what happens. They build these big cathedrals in these big, wonderful places. And, and you know what? And I had, my, I had my statistic wrong because my statistic I gave you in one of the classes was that before Constantine, that 20% of society was Christian. I think y'all remember this. 20% was Christian. And after the building of the cathedrals, the society went from 20% Christian to being 80% Christian. The, the, the statistic was wrong. The 80% is correct. It's the 20% that's wrong. It was 4% of society was truly Christian. Hello, somebody. But you see, it was a different scenario. Because they didn't have these big, glorious cathedrals. And there's nothing wrong with those. Listen to me now. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with buildings because it's a wonderful place for us to gather together. As a matter of fact, the book of Acts tells us that they went to the temple daily. Hello. So they had a place that they were meeting daily, and they also met in these homes. But there was something that was going on in this community of believers that we lack today. And it is that everybody, now listen to me, everybody was participating. Did you hear that? Everybody was part of the worship service. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, and I love, listen to me, I'm, I'm learning how to play the piano, glory to God, trying to get lessons from Jimmy all the time. I love, how many of y'all love our music ministry, glory to God? Can I tell you something? There was no music ministry back then. Are y'all ain't saying nothing? There was no music ministry. You were the worship team. Everybody got together. It was a cappella, glory to God. Uh huh. I know y'all don't want to hear that because I know we did it here a couple times. I sat everybody down for the music ministry. The first week, everybody was like, yes, glory to God, hallelujah. We're all going to worship. Second week, it was like, because you didn't know what to do. You didn't know what. Listen, can, can, can I ask you something? What do you do when you're by yourself with God and you don't have access to music? What do you do? Don't you sing to the Lord? Don't you just worship him? That is what happened. When they would come to church, they were excited about knowing God. And you know what? It was the most fulfilling and powerful worship because they didn't come to see, okay, what is the music ministry going to do new this week? Or say, well, they just did that song last week. Uh-huh. Because I know some of y'all thought that too. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I know. I know. Just, just, just critical. Glory to his name. I want to hear something new. You want to hear something new? Let me hear you. <laughs> I 
I'm, I'm, I'm saying you, you want to hear something new. I want to hear, God wants to hear something new. The Bible says, sing unto the Lord a new song, but he's not saying you got to come up every week with a new song. He's saying you got to have a new song inside of you that is rising up. And you know what? That new song can come up in those moments when everything is just quiet and everything, and all of a sudden someone just begin to sing unto the Lord. That's beautiful. That is what we call spontaneous worship, and that's what should happen. But you know what happened? Because of this wonderful Emperor Constantine, he went ahead and he built these glorious cathedrals, and you know what happened? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, ministry was taken away from the people and given to professionals. I know, I, I know we don't want to hear that either, glory to God. I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to tell you what was said in one of the books I was reading on this. It said, if you go and you visit some of those old cathedrals, the pulpits are not like our pulpits. There's a big staircase that you walk up to go to where the pulpit is. That's where the priest, that's where the fathers, that's where because the church Catholic, they're not listening to me now. That's where they all used to go and stand up on the top. I don't have nothing against Catholics, glory to God, amen. I'm just saying, now, we get a lot of our history from there. And you know what they, you know, they, they had this high, so, so guess what? You're way up there. I would, I'd be like on the roof, glory to God. Way up there. Guess what everybody's doing? Everyone's looking up to you. And so what do we have this picture of? This is the man of God. Is that not true? This is the picture. So what happened is, after a little bit of time, wonderful man of God, by the name of Martin Luther, he gets some revelation, and he says, wait a second. This is not supposed to be like this. We're all saved by grace, right? But you know what he did? He stopped short because what he did was he took the most important. Now, now hear what I'm going to say. He took the most important things, which was Scripture about faith and about salvation, and he reestablished the doctrine of the church, and that's how you get the church that we are part of today, which is what? The Protestant church. It's not about all of these other things. It's not about all of this other stuff that supposedly saved you. you got, he, he said, you know what? There is no reason for me to confess to someone my sins because what? I'm supposed to confess to who? God Almighty? One-on-one? -on -one? That, 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 that's what the scriptures teach. So he has this revelation, but you know what he kept? He kept a lot of the traditions of worship. And so you know what happens? The church continues on. They got a revelation of the word, but they didn't get back to that place where everybody was doing what this scripture says. See, the scripture that we just read in 1 Peter, and this is my first point this morning, but I'm going to end here in, in a couple of moments. I'm not ending right now. I want to let you know I didn't say I was ending. Glory to God. But I'm going to end in my first point. I'm not going to get through the rest of them. But here's what I want you to understand is that when you read 1 Peter chapter 2, it teaches us something that is very important. It says, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. Look what he says next. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You hear what he says here? There's a word that was used there both times in both places, and it is royal priesthood. Now, the, 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 it's, it's important that you grasp this because in the Old Testament, there was a need. Hear me what I'm going to say now. There was a need to have a priest and a high priest who was offering up sacrifices because the Bible says that the children of Israel, they were all a chosen people, but out of the entire nation, there was one tribe or one group that was what? They were the priesthood. So they were the ones who did what? They worked in the temple. 
They were the ones who in the morning offered up sacrifices. In the evening, offered up sacrifices. They were the ones who kept the incense burning in the temple. That was the priesthood under the old covenant. They were the men. When you couldn't, he says it clearly. Moses says, when you cannot get deal with a situation on your own, you know what you need to do? You need to come to the priest. This is his exact words. Come to the priest, present him the situation, and then God is going to give him direct revelation as to the scenario. But here's what happens. Jesus Christ comes into the picture. He dies. And what does he do? He abolishes the separation that was there between who? Between all of humanity and God. And so no longer do we need a man or a woman, hear me, to go before God on our behalf. Because what? Because Jesus went before God on our behalf. So what happens? Well, what this scripture is here is it's called, say this with me, it is the restoring of the priesthood to all believers. And what Peter is communicating, he is saying everybody, everybody who is a child of God, you are. Now listen to me and listen to the scriptures more. You are a priest. But not just the priest, because he said a royal priesthood. So he adds something that was never added before. Because back then, kings weren't priests and priests weren't kings. Hello, somebody. So you know what happened? There's one king in the book of um, Isaiah. He went ahead and he tried to get crazy and he tried to make his own priesthood. Hello. And you know what happened? He went up into the temple sacrifice they tried to stop him he said he wasn't going to stop he continued to do it what happened god killed him because he didn't have any authority he was the king yes he was but he was not a priest therefore he had no right to approach god like that but you know what god says god says i wiped away i tore that veil we talked about last week we talked about jesus in his resurrection his death and what was one of the greatest things that occurred when he was hanging on that cross it was that this this temple veil this veil that separated the most holy holy of holies from the people that veil was torn for what because now everybody could access god but you know what it means when you have that right of access it also means you have responsibility because of your access. You see, everybody in the church wants the right to approach God, the right to be intimate with God. But we forget this other portion of the scripture because the other portion of the scripture says that we are to come to him not as just stones, but as lively stones, living stones. What does that mean? That means that you need to be stable yet flexible. In other words, you're always growing. You need to be rooted, but you need to be growing. You need to be immovable, but you need to be active. And listen to me, God doesn't want anybody. Hear what I'm saying, please. God doesn't want anybody that is sitting in this place to just be here to watch a show. He doesn't want anybody that is going to any church to just be part of watching a show because you are not called to be a spectator church. You are called to be participators. And you know what? It doesn't mean when I say participating, I want you to understand this. It doesn't mean that for you to participate that you have to get up here every Sunday and, and go ahead and preach. That doesn't mean that. The reason why I say that is because I don't want you to feel that kind of pressure. But you know what it does mean? It does mean that there's going to be a Sunday that you are going to come up in this church or a Wednesday that you are going to come up in this church and you are going to have been in prayer and you are going to have been seeking God and God is going to burn something inside of your heart. And I hope and I pray that you will come to me and say, Bishop, I need to share this with the church because you know what? I could get up here and talk for 30 minutes. I could talk for an hour and you could get up with a word from God and you could change somebody's life eternally just because you decided to be bold enough and be that man or woman of God that God allows for you to be hello church hear me I'm not saying that you got to get up here every Sunday and come and you know join the worship team that's not what I'm saying because some of us we're not gifted to do that hello and it would create more of a mess than a blessing but can I say something I'm gonna say something because you know this this is the thing what about if you're a person who can't sing but God gives that new song to? 
Should you not sing because you don't have this beautiful operatic type voice? Do you think God would say, listen, just don't sing that. I'm not saying you can't sing. I'm just, you know. <laughs> saying, God, I, <laughs> you know, I, I put this song in you, but don't sing it. <laughs> just write it down. Listen, listen to me. Hear me. The church was never about performances. It was about true worshipers who were getting together to worship God. Now, let, let, let me flip it around on you. Because with me saying that, it doesn't mean that you should dominate the service either. Hello. Because uh, th this is not freedom for you to just come up in here and every Sunday, I got a word for the church, glory to God. See, that, that's why we got to say everything needs to be done in order. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen to me. We, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, it is not going to come through us being separated. See, because we got our own veils. That, that, that's the professionals. Those are the ones that know what they're doing. And, and what are you? Answer the question for me. What are you? Are our prayers more powerful than yours? Are our prayers more heard than yours? Is our anointing greater than yours? No, because the same one that I pray to, you pray to. The same promises I pray from, you pray from. Hello. The same anointing that is in me is in you. Did you hear me? Why? It is important that we grasp this because there are gifts that are lying dormant inside of people. Listen, you may be a person that walks up in the church and just says, man, God has been dealing with me about healing. You don't have no word. You say, God, I, I just this is just bubbling up inside of me. And you know what? You make a calling to people that are sick and healing begins to break out. And you don't have to be bishop or pastor or apostle or prophet. You ain't got to be none of that stuff. You are a person who is gifted by God. And that gifting makes you and I responsible to do what he says, which is what? To offer him the sacrifices of praise. To give him, and let, 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 let me say this, and now I'm getting ready to close. The sacrifices of praise, we automatically think of sacrifices of praise as us singing. I want to let you know. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, tells us, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Listen now. When we talk about being a sacrificial offering unto the Lord, don't first think about singing because it is living it is living sacrificially. And what is praise anyway? Praise is communicating about God. And so every time that you and I live a certain way that accords with God's word, you know what you're doing? Without saying a word, you're praising him. Every time that you do, see, because you go on and you go to the book of Hebrews, I think we have some scriptures. Do, do, do you still have those scriptures or no? But anyway, the book of Hebrews, you can turn there with me really quickly. The book of Hebrews is, I'm sorry, it's right before this book, right before Peter, I mean, right before James. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 13, you can just look there. Because the first place I said was Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. But the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, it says, Therefore, by him, by who? By Jesus Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So the first thing we got to realize, and it's, the, and it's the way that it should flow, is that first and foremost, praise should be a lifestyle that we live. Are, are you with me here? Praise should be a lifestyle that I am living a life that speaks to God and speaks about God, that I walk in this obedience. That's the first place. The second thing that we find here in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15 is he tells us that we are to do what? That we are to continually offer the sacrifice of praise from our lips. But listen, praise from your lips is useless if there is no praise from your life. Did you hear me? You can sing until you're blue in the face. 
until your voice is gone. And if your life is not praising God, it may be beautiful in the ears of people, but it is deafening in the ears of God. Hear me. People, listen, I don't care if people invite you all over the planet to sing because they like the way you sing. If your life does not praise God, it is worthless. Did you hear what I said? You can have the most beautiful voice in the world, but God is not primarily concerned with your voice. He is concerned with your life. The second or the third thing that he says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 16 he goes on he says but do not forget see after you have lived the life of praise after you've offered the sacrifice of praise from your lips the fruit of your lips that God wants to hear that you're thankful he says but do not forget to do good and to share for with such sacrifices God is well pleased see listen to me you got to have a life of praise you got to have a song of praise and then you got to be a servant of praise unto God. See, everything you do that is good to others, those are well-pleasing to the Lord. But hear me, church, it doesn't start there. It doesn't start with the singing. You see, because a lot of times we do good and we share because we're trying to make up for a life that is not praising Him. We go out of our way trying to make up for whatever we've done wrong. Listen to me. Jesus paid the price for you and for me. And what we've got to do is get in line with him and begin to dance with him and let him do what? Let him take the lead. And so if we're going to be a people that are going to work the way that God wants us to work, if we're going to be a people who are going to participate in worship participate in praise participate in ministry and participate in sharing being the royal priesthood then you know what we've got to do we have got to say God I am going to make sure that I am contributing my part to the body of Christ you've got to determine in your heart that even though I'm not the preacher even though I'm not the worship leader even though I'm not even an usher or a greeter, I'm still going to be a vessel for your kingdom and for your glory. I'm going to, and, and, and listen to me, li listen to me. I'm praying, I am praying with all of my heart that people will start calling me, that people will start coming. I loved it on Wednesday night. David was just excited and stirred up. And he, you know, we were taking prayer requests and David was just like, you know, I got, I got one. I'm like, okay, go ahead. He didn't have a prayer request. He had a praise report, glory to God. And he, and, he, and he was encouraging, and, and, and listen, I'm not, David may not come next Wednesday with that. He, he may not, he doesn't have to feel that pressure. To have, we don't have to feel pressure. Listen, what we need to do is fall in love with Christ and let Christ manifest through us. That's what we need to do. We need to fall in love with the Savior and let him manifest through us. And as he manifests through us, you know what we begin to do? We begin to grow maturity. We're going to talk more about that next week. We begin to grow more the way that Christ wants us to grow. But understand this. You are not less than anybody, church. You are not less than the best preacher you know. You are equal in God's eyes. And I pray that we will all grow in this grace. Amen? Come on, let's all stand to our feet and bow your heads, please.